But it doesn't stop uh, what the Word of God's got to say today. God's good to us. Um, uh, today, if you're wanting to follow along and you've got your Bibles, you want to follow with me today, let's look at 2 Samuel uh, 23 and verses 11 and 12. 2 Samuel 23, 11 and 12, and, and see what we can uh, find in the Word of God for us today. In verse 11, uh, this is talking about some of David's uh, mighty men. It says, And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. And the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. But he, talking about Shammah, He stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. I'm thankful today for people that will just take a stand and and stand and defend what God has given them. Today I want to preach on this thought for just a few moments. Don't run, ruin. I know that's a funny title. Don't run, ruin. Let's pray for the lesson today. Precious Lord, we do love and appreciate you and thank you for this word today. We're thankful, Lord, that you're always with us, Lord, and that no weapon formed shall prosper. Today, God, let our hearts be ready to hear from the word. Let us receive it into good ground. Let us be strengthened by it today, God. Let us be encouraged by it today. And Lord, we're just going to bless you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. If you're at home Give a hand clap to the Lord today and a shout for his word. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today for the word of God and the promises that it contains. So don't run. Ruin. That's a, we'll, you'll see where I'm going in just a few moments as we get down into this message today. But uh, in this uh, lesson, uh, in this little portion of scripture, just a very two verses tells a great story. There is... One man who is named, his name is Shema. And then uh, the enemy, the Philistines, are named. And then there is uh, what's up for grabs, and it is a piece of ground. Now, this piece of ground is not, uh, you know, it says it's full of lentils, which are peas or beans. And, you know, peas and beans uh, uh, don't hold a lot of value for people today. You know, whenever you're broke, you know, you just went, that's the week you're saying, well, it's like it's beans and rice this week, or it's, uh, we're going to be eating peas and cornbread this week because uh, we ain't got much money. And you ever heard somebody describe something as it's not worth a hill of beans? You know, nobody puts a whole lot of worth and value on lentils and beans. And, and uh, so uh, when the enemy comes into this piece of ground, uh, it says the people fled. Because they thought, hey, this, it ain't worth fighting for, and it sure isn't worth dying for. But listen, this wasn't some just flat, barren uh, piece of ground. This was a field. It had been plowed. It had been planted. It was ready for harvest. It had value. It was somebody's inheritance. It fed somebody's family. It provided somebody with some income. It had value, and guess what? The enemy wanted it. 
We better wake up today and realize that the enemy wants anything of ours that is of value. And we think a lot of times maybe there's some things we don't put a lot of value on. A lot of people don't put, a, put much value in gathering in the church anymore. But you want to know why the enemy's tried to take that? Because he knows how much it's worth. He knows what it's worth when two or three get together in his name because he knows that Jesus will be there in the midst. He knows that if we get together, we can touch and agree on some things. And he knows that if we get together, we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Let me tell you, the enemy's coming into your field. It's because he knows it's worth something and he wants it today. He's just betting on you running so he can come right in. But there needs to be somebody standing up saying, I'm not going to go anywhere. Let's make some points about this field for a minute. It might not seem like much. Well, it just don't seem like worth fighting over. It don't seem worth dying for. But, uh, you know, it never seems much to those who haven't labored. The people who hadn't uh, put their blood, sweat, and tears into it, uh, uh, they might run. They might take off. They might leave because uh, they've just been sitting around reaping the benefits of a field that's been planted by somebody else. But we are here today, church, because of the sacrifice of life and limb of a great cloud of witnesses. Shame on us now if we turn, tail, and run just because the world wants what we got. Let me tell you, when the enemy comes and attacks our field, it's not time to run. It's time to ruin. It's time to stand and defend the field. It's time to stand for what God has given us. It's time to stand for what has been here for ages. Somebody else might have planted it, but honey, I've reaped the benefits of it. Somebody else preached this gospel long before I ever did. Somebody believed it long before I ever did, but thank God somebody held on, and one day I was able to hear the word of God preached across this pulpit. One day I was able to find a place of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost. One day, God called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm glad that somebody was still proclaiming the truth and standing in the midst of the field defending it. This is not a time for us to run. This is time for us to stand and defend. Let me tell you, a great conflict will birth great courage. This man was all by himself. It said the people fled. Everybody, maybe some of them was his kinfolk. Maybe some of them were his good friends. Maybe it was people he grew up with. But when he looked around, he was the only one left standing in the field. But that's all right. God just needs one to put the army to flight. He just needs one that'll say, I've come to you in the name of the Lord. He just needs one to stand up and say, I'm not going anywhere. Let me tell you, somebody paid the price for that field. Somebody paid the price for what you and I have today. Somebody uh, uh, cleaned and cleared and plowed and planted that field so people could be fed, so that people could be blessed. Hey, they knew that the field would provide, so they took great care with it. They, 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 they got the weeds out of it. They got the rocks out of it, and they, they made the rows straight, and they put, put the good seed in the ground, and they made sure there wasn't no weeds growing up to choke out the, the, the good food, and everything was growing, and it was nice. And guess what the enemy knew? Hey, this field is beneficial to the people of God. Let's go get it. 
And, but let me tell you, Shema knew that this field was good too. Let me tell you, uh, there's a parable in the scripture that says there was a man that found treasure in a field. And when he did, he sold everything he had just to get the field because he knew what was in it would bless him the rest of his life. But let me tell you, people today are forsaking the field and the treasure in it just because the enemy is threatening. Hello. Let me tell you, the enemy is threatening the church today. They want to close the doors. They want to stop you from gathering. Hey, now they even want to stop you from singing in church. They don't want you to pray. They don't want you to to worship. They don't want you to shout. They don't want you to run. They're trying to get into your field. They're trying to come and take what's yours. But hey, I didn't plant it and you didn't plant it. Somebody else did. We've been reaping the benefits of people shouting and worshiping for many, many years I am not about to turn my back on what got me here. I'm not going to run on what got me here. Hey, let me tell you, I come into this thing shouting. I come into this thing praying. I come into this thing praising. I come into this thing giving glory to God. That's the way I'm going to go out. I'm not going to turn around and run just because somebody thinks, well, that's not really worth fighting over. You know, I got it in my heart. I can... I'll be all right. I can just sit home. I'll be all right. It's in my heart, and and I I know what I believe. And let me tell you, you're going to dry up and die if we don't get back to having church, if we don't get back to praying and praising and shaking the foundations of buildings, if we don't start having prayer meetings that are causing doors to fly open and chains to fall off, if we don't start lifting our voice like a trumpet, if we don't start shouting unto God with a voice of triumph, if we quit clapping our hands and stomping our feet, if we stop praising him in the dance, if we stop praising him with, hey, let everything that has breath. Right now, they want you to just cover your breath up. They want you to cover your face, cover your breath. Don't breathe out. Don't breathe on nobody. They want you to stop praising God. But let me tell you, I'm not going to run just because the enemy is threatening. I'm going to stand and I'm going to defend what God has given us. It said this man stood and he slew the Philistines. God will write a victory. Let me tell you, God's going to give you victory today. You just stand. Ain't nobody ever stood up for God and God not stood behind them. You hear what I'm saying today? You ain't never stood for God and God left you on your own. We ain't never never been by ourselves. He said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. We need somebody today to make up their mind. I'm not going to run. Well, praise God. Oh, I wish there was a house full of people in here today, but there's not. But somebody somewhere hear what I'm saying. It's not time for the church to give up. It's not time for us to accept what they're trying to offer us. It's time for us to keep being the church. The church is not going to change with the times. I know that methods are different. I know that we live in a different century. But Jesus is building a church and it don't need no remodeling. You hear what I'm saying? He said, on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not Uh, be able to prevail against it. Uh, You know what? Uh, When we go to remodeling the church that Jesus built, uh, we're going to start having problems. Uh, We're going to start letting things in. Uh, I don't need to remodel. Uh, It don't never, what he, what he built, uh, it it won't deteriorate. Uh, The weather can't knock it down. Uh, uh, The time can't knock it down and the enemy can't knock it down. I'm thankful for the church of the living God today and I'm glad to be a part of it and I didn't come to change it. I didn't 
come to be, become some kind of spiritual architect where I could redraw the plans for it. I just want to live in it the way Jesus built it. Praise God. In this field, let me tell you, somebody has invested strength and time, money, blood, sweat, and tears so that you and I could have this truth today. Not just what you read in here, but, but there's many people today you could think back. I know personally of people who went through things as this truth started coming alive again in the world and how they were mocked and laughed at and, and under threat of their life, they still preached the gospel. But today, it's not even a threat of our life. It's, it's a threat of how we'll look to other people. Oh, I, I, I don't want to look like I, I'm unconcerned or uncaring, so, so we back off of what God gave us. Uh, the time for that, that nonsense has got to go. Let me tell you, tribulation of this world does not give us to right. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And tribulation in this world does not give us the right to run and abandon what Jesus purchased with his blood and what the apostles contended for with their very life. They gave their life. They, were, they, they wandered about. They, they dwelt in caves. They were stoned. They were cut in half. They were pulled apart. They were uh, fed to the lions. They had all kinds of things happen to them just so we could have the gospel today. Let me tell you, we've reaped the benefits of it. We have enjoyed revival. We have fed from this field. And boy, it's easy to flex our muscles and speak faith when everything is going good. We can shout and dance and support and all just be blessed by this field of truth. But now that it's under attack, well, you know, that's not really that important. It's not really that valuable. It doesn't really matter if we gather together because, you know, uh, you know, I know God's in my heart and the church is not a building. We, we've heard all of that. And, hey, we took time off when this virus started. We wanted to, to help. We wanted to slow things down if that was the way. But they don't want to slow it down for a week or two. They want to stop it altogether. And, hey, all of us fell for it. All of us believed it. All of us bought into it and said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in. We'll be part of the plan. And, and I'm glad to help when we can. But now it is obvious more than ever before that they want to shut the doors of the church forever. If they can stop us from gathering together, they can stop us from having faith, they can stop us from believing, they'll stop us from praying, they'll stop us from singing, they'll stop everything that we do, and now that, that the church is under attack, well, look, that's not really that important, it's not that valuable, and everybody ran. Let's just surrender this field and then go plant, we'll, we'll plant something else, we'll plant something new, and then we get a false confidence. Because the enemy is not attacking us. Oh, this is better because, see, we knew we should have got into something newer, some, some kind of new revelation because now the enemy is not fighting. You know why he's fighting? Because he knows the new field you planted ain't worth a hill of beans. It ain't worth nothing. It ain't got no eternal value whatsoever. That's why he don't mess with it. When he stops bothering you, when he stops fighting you because he's got you working in the field, he wants you to work in. He knows you're not working in God's field anymore. If the enemy is offering you something, he's going to make it as appealing as possible. But whatever he gives you will not add to you. It will only take away. You hear me? 
when the devil's trying to give you something, it ain't going to add nothing to your life. It's only going to take away. Hey, hey, why don't you ask Eve, how's that fruit, Eve? He offered it. It was there. Hey, God said you could eat of any fruit. Well, not the fruit of that tree. Oh, God just doesn't want you to eat that because he knows if you do, you'll be like him. You'll be more like God. You'll just be like God. You'll be better. He'll be adding to you, Eve. And so Eve took a bite of it, but she didn't gain nothing. I tell you what, she lost. Her and Adam lost paradise. They lost holiness. They lost righteousness. And they lost their fellowship with God, and it cast them out of the garden. Hey, they didn't get nothing by taking that serpent's offer. Hey, let me tell you, it didn't add anything. It took away. And the world is offering and mandating new rules for the church and how they should conduct themselves under the new appealing guise of safety and wellness and care for our fellow man. I'm for every one of those things. I'm for being safe. I'm for being well. And I am absolutely about caring for our fellow man. But it ain't going to come through taking away the rights of the church. Let me tell you, friend, that subtle whisper of the spirit of the serpent, that's the spirit of Antichrist. That old serpent, the devil, is still trying to rob us of our righteousness, of our fellowship, of our holiness. Oh, you'll be a better Christian if you do this. Hey, my uncle used to say, I've heard the wind blow before. Let me tell you something. Uh, no, you won't be a better Christian by stop going to the house of God. You won't be a better Christian by stopping your singing. You won't be a better Christian by stopping your worship. You won't be a better Christian just because you sheltered in place. There ain't nothing wrong with sheltering in place, but that ain't got a thing to do with you being a Christian. Let me tell you, uh, we need to stop trying to uh, teach uh, things that are uh, of men as doctrines of God because it ain't. <laughs> You know, Jesus got onto the Pharisees one time. He said, because they were like upset, hey, how come y'all not washing your hands before you eat? And he said, how come you trying to teach commandments of men uh, as doctrine of God? And let me tell you something. I'll wear a mask, but a mask ain't a doctrine of God. I'll shelter in place, but that ain't a doctrine of God. I'll stand six feet away from somebody, but that ain't a doctrine of God. Oh, what happens if I accidentally get too close to somebody? Or what happens if I accidentally forgot my mask one day and my backslid? Come on, somebody. I'll do those things because I, I, because I make a decision to do it, but it ain't got a thing to do with my walk with God. But they're trying to enforce things on us today to stop the church from being who they're supposed to be. You understand me? I, hey, I, I, wore, I went to the grocery store yesterday. Guess what? Wore a mask. I'll do it. I stood on a little six-foot line. I'll do it. But that ain't got a thing to do with me being a better Christian. And it ain't got a thing to do with, with my walk with God. Don't get it confused. I'm not going to run and surrender what has been planted in my life, what has fed me, what has sustained me, and what has blessed me. Let me tell you, we come into this church singing. You teach your kids. That's one of the first things you teach them, how you teach them about God. You're singing to them. Jesus loves me. This I know. You're teaching them to sing, and we always encourage our kids to worship and dance and praise God, and now all of a sudden we come, we can't do that no more. Well, why? Why can't we sing anymore? Because the world said we can't. Because the government said no. But let me tell you, the government is never going to stop trying to take away what God gave the church. 
because the government is fed by the spirit of this world, not by the spirit of God. But this church of the living God has got the spirit of the living God inside of it. And it's time for the church, young and old, to stop giving up ground and stand in the midst of the field and defend it. It's time for you and I. Hey, guess what? It's the end of all things. It's the end of the world. Hey, Jesus is coming back, and it ain't going to get much better around here. If you're holding on to hope that there's going to be peace, the next part of peace that comes is probably going to come through a man uh, who we don't ever want to know. They said that the Antichrist, he's going to come, and he's going to bring some false peace in this world, and people are going to follow him because of that peace. But let me tell you something today. What I want is the Prince of Peace. I want Jesus. I want to be able to have peace in the midst of the storm. I want peace while the world is falling down around me. I don't want to be trying to do what the world's doing, thinking it's going to give me peace because it won't. I know that nobody wants to, to see the end of times. We just want to go to heaven and be done. But look, we're going to see some things and the world's going to be shaken. And it's going to get fearful sometimes, but we've got a God. I know we've always talked about, oh, yeah, man, it's coming, but God's on our side. But now that it's here, yeah, it's a little less, uh, uh, you know, it's a little harder. It's easier to say, oh, I'm going to stand strong than to be strong sometimes. But listen, God has not forsaken his church even in the midst of all of this. With everything that's happening today, God is still on our side. This is not time to run. This is not time to abandon. Hey, let me tell you, we need to stand in the midst. We need to stand up and defend what God gave to us. Because the world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away, but we can relinquish it. If there's anything that passage of Scripture teaches me, is that the enemy can't take it but we can sure run from it. And that's what happened. And if everybody had a run, they'd have got that field. But because somebody said, I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand right here in the midst of it. I'm going to defend it. God wrought a great victory. He wasn't defeated. He stood when everybody else ran. And guess what? He was right. Hello. When the majority went one way, he stood and he was right because God had his back. Let me tell you, don't, don't be worried about going the way of the crowd, but you better be worried about standing like the cloud, like that great cloud of witnesses. This man's name was Shema. You know what his name means? It means ruin. It, I don't believe it means he was ruined. But let me tell you, it meant he was there to ruin. He was there to ruin the plan of the enemy. When the enemy thought he was just going to ride in and take what he wanted, there was someone who had great faith and great courage, and he was there in the name of the Lord to ruin the enemy's plan. That's why I said the message today is called this, Don't Run, Ruin. What we need today is somebody that's going to say, Hey, I'm going to stand up in the name of the Lord and ruin the plan of the enemy. Oh, I know he thinks he's just going to come in here and ride roughshod over us and do what he wants to do. But one man stood up and he said, Let me tell you, my name is Shema and I'm here to uh, live out my name's sake. I'm going to ruin your plans today in the name of the Lord. He stood and he defended it. He slew the enemy and 
God wrought a great victory. Oh, I wish I could get somebody today that says, you know what? I'm going to stand up like Shema and ruin the plan of the enemy. There's something interesting about that word run and ruin. There's only one letter difference, and then the letter is I. When you take I out of it, it's run. But when you put I in it, it's ruin. Let me tell you, I'm not going to step out so and run. I'm going to step in so I can ruin. Don't run from the enemy, my friend. Ruin his plans. You've got authority from the word of God. Jesus himself said in Luke 10 and 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents. You know what serpents want to do? Kill you. You know what scorpions want to do? Kill you, hurt you, bring you pain, bring you anguish, bring you suffering. He said, but I am giving you power to tread on them. You know what happens when you tread on that serpent? You ruin his plans. And he says, and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall hurt hurt you. Here's Shema standing in a field of peace. Everybody that he knows has left. I'm sure there were some other soldiers there that left. I'm sure there were some people that he grew up with that left. I'm sure there was people that maybe taught him that left. There were some that were his elders that left, but he said, I got something real when I got it, and I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to stand right here. I was named what I was named for a reason. One day I was going to have to prove that I could ruin the plans of the enemy. And he stood right there in that field in the midst of it, and he defended it. He said, I'm not going nowhere. And God worked with him, and God wrought a great victory. And nothing hurt him. I'm sure they had shields. I'm sure they had spears. I'm sure they had swords. Maybe they had slings. I don't know what all kind. Maybe they even had chariots. I don't know what they had, but nothing they threw at him that day worked, and God won the victory. I don't care what this world tries to throw at us next. God will win the victory if we'll just stand and defend it. It's not time to run, but it's time to ruin the plan of the enemy. Oh, I hope somebody at home is shouting uh, right now. I hope you've kicked off those slippers, and I hope you're shouting around your living room right now. I wish you'd lift your hands and just bless God and talk in tongues and worship God like you was right here in the sanctuary. Because the time is coming on this church, not just this church, but the church as a whole. Let me tell you, the world is coming against us. They're going to keep trying to pass laws. They're going to keep trying to squeeze us. And it's time that we stand up and defend what God gave us. Let me tell you, I'm still about pulling people out of the fire, about pulling them out of the gutter, about seeing lives put back together. But we will lose the ability to do that if we all become a bunch of spiritual hermits. That's not what God called us to do. There are people giving up their biblical mandates and claiming to be more like Jesus. That's impossible. You can't give up the word and be more like the word. And he was the word made flesh. Jude 3 tells me to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered unto the saints. 
I tell you, I, I want to be more like him. Let me tell you about him. There's a great story in Exodus 15. Moses had just led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And as they were on their way, they come to the Red Sea, and the Red Sea is before them, and they turn around and look, and there's Pharaoh's army behind them. And the people are panicked because here we are. Uh, you know, we came out of Egypt, and now Egypt's coming down on us, wanting to kill us, wanting to attack us. They don't want to, they, they want to destroy who we are. And, and there, some of them thinking maybe we can go back and beg mercy to Pharaoh. But let me tell you, Pharaoh wasn't about mercy. Pharaoh was about ending their lives. And God opened up the Red Sea and made a way. And here's, uh, uh, as they get through there, God shuts the Red Sea up on Israel and Moses starts singing a song. And it says, Moses sang and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. They, they were singing. Ain't going to let nobody stop them from singing. They, well, ain't no reason. Really, why we got to sing, Moses? It's, you know, it, hey, they're, they're all dead. It's all done. It's really, we don't have to sing. No, I ain't got to sing. But we're going to sing because God's worthy of that song. And then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown in the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. How can you stop singing if the Lord is your song? And he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. But listen what it says now. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Oh, it ain't worth fighting over. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is a man of war. I want to be like the Lord. Everybody say, oh, I want to be like the Lord. Then you want to be a man of war. Not a man that runs. Not a man that hides. But a man that fights. Psalm 18.34 and Psalm 144 and 1 says, He, talking about the Lord, teacheth my hands to war. Let me tell you, God knows that we're going to have to fight a good fight. The Paul said, I fought a good fight. I, I had to fight a good fight. Lay hold on eternal life. Fight the good fight of faith. Let me tell you, earnestly contend. You know what that means? You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to toil. You're going to have to war for what was once delivered unto the saints. The world is trying to take it away, but somebody's going to have to stand up in the midst and say, hey, well, you know, Brother Ed, the Bible says that, you know, the battle's not mine, it's the Lord's. Okay, I give you that, but you know what? When the Lord told him you don't need to fight, he did say, but you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to sing. You can't be silent. He said, get them singers and them praisers and send them on out there in front. And when they went out and started praising God and singing to God, God moved, and God did fight. But let me tell you something today. You and I are not going to be able to, to hide in a cave and act like nothing's going on and just expect God to do everything. God is going to expect us to stand for what he's given us. I'm not giving up any ground. I'm not going to run, but I'm here today to ruin the plan of the enemy. I'm here to tell today that there's at least one. There's somebody that's going to stand. I hope I got somebody that'll stand with me and say, I'm going to stand and ruin the plan of the enemy. 
We've got a God. He lives in us, and he has given us power. No more running. No more giving up ground. It's time to stand. It's time to defend, and it's time to ruin the agenda of the enemy. We can't be more like God by doing less of what God told us to do. You know, in this world, there's soldiers, natural army, Marines, Navy, Air Force, all all sorts of branches of armed forces, soldiers. There's a lot of soldiers today that have never been to war. Never been to war. And that's because of soldiers that have fought before them have gone and done what they haven't had to do yet. But let me ask you this. Do you think those soldiers today that if all of a sudden the enemy starts invading our country, that they're going to be like, hey, look, it, look, there's plenty of land here. Just, you know, just give, them, you know, give them two or three states. It'll be all right. We still got 47, you know. Oh, you know, give them 20. That's good. We can, we can deal with 30 states. Just, let's just give up some ground. You know what? The enemy will just keep marching and taking and marching and taking and marching and taking. But those soldiers, even though they've never had to war, they know that when the time comes, they're going to have to pick up those rifles. They're going to have to put on their boots. They're going to have to get geared up, and they're going to have to go into the battle. And let me tell you, some of us, maybe we lived in a time where we've enjoyed revival, and we've enjoyed peace, and we've enjoyed the blessings of the Lord. And now that the church is under attack, it's time for every soldier of the Lord to realize it's time for me to put my boots on. It's time for me to pick up my weapons of warfare. They're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. They're spiritual weapons, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Let me tell you today, I, I don't have to pick up a machine gun to fight the enemy, but I can just take that name of the Lord. I don't even have to get me a sling with five smooth stones today. All I got to do is call on the name of the Lord. All I've got to do is start preaching the name of Jesus. All I've got to do is touch and agree with somebody. All I've got to do is believe. But I tell you what I can't do, I can't run. Paul said, let me tell you, we're not of those that draw back unto perdition. We're not about those that walk away. We're not about those that give up. It's time for the church to stand up and say, no more running. We're about to start ruining. We're about to go on. the. Hey, we're about to stand. We're going to stand right here. I ain't here to pick a fight. But let me tell you, you cross that line, I'm going to ruin your day. You cross that line, it's going to be trouble for you because I'm not running. You can come with all your forces, but let me tell you, numbers don't scare us. We're not worried about the odds. Let me tell you, Samson killed thousands with the jawbone of a donkey. I'm not worried about how many they are. I'm not worried those thousands, tens of thousands be gathered about me. Let me tell you, I'm going to stand in the name of the Lord. We may have not seen war. Maybe we've been in a time where it seems like we've just enjoyed it. Yeah, we've had to pray about a few things, this, that, and the other in our home lives, in our personal lives, but now this is an attack on the body. 
You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, we've prayed for family members, and we've prayed for diseases, and we've prayed for things that are going on in our own lives, but this is an attack on the body of Christ. The spirit of Antichrist is running loose in this land, and it wants to destroy the church of the living God, but he knows that he can't prevail against the church. But if he can just get individuals to run, he just wants everybody to run. He takes a shot so he can get people to run. But let me tell you, I'm going to be more like the Lord. I'm going to be a man of war. I'm going to be on my knees praying. I'm going to be fasting. I'm going to be seeking the face of my Savior. And I'm going to believe God to do great and mighty things in this last day. Great heroes. You don't hear about that during peacetime. You hear about that during the war. And that's what happened with Shema. His great courage gave him great victory, and it was against great odds. It's time for us to be like Shema, stop giving up ground. Brother Conway, some of you might know the name today. He used to preach for us at the church in Milstead. He preached from this passage of Scripture one time, and he, he was preaching, and he said, you've got to stop letting the devil pick your peas. We act like, well, this, you know, I, I got this. It's, it's just one or two things. I just give this, give that. Hey, you keep giving up. Eventually, there won't be nothing left. Anything that the enemy is after, listen to me. Listen very close to what I'm about to say. Anything that the enemy is after is because it has an eternal, not temporal. He don't care about your temporary life and your temporary suffering. He wants your eternal suffering. Jesus cares about your eternal soul, and the devil cares about your eternal suffering. He wants you to suffer forever. And so anything he's after, it's because it will have an eternal effect on your life. He don't want stuff. He wants you in hell. Well, he just took Job's stuff. Why? He didn't just take Job's stuff because he wanted The devil didn't take his stuff. He destroyed it because his end game was this, to get Job to curse God and die. He didn't care about Job's kids, his fields, his animals. He didn't care about Job's health. He said, I just want to affect him with all this temporary stuff so I can cause him to curse his own soul. And if he'll curse God and die, he'll be lost forever. But Job said, I... Though God slay me, yet will I trust him, and I will not let go of my integrity. You can take my stuff, huh, but I'm going to stand. You know what Job did? He ruined the enemy's plans. He, oh, he, he took his stuff, and it didn't work. He took his health, and it didn't work. He got his wife to speak against him. Still didn't work. Let me tell you, the devil ain't worried about your car breaking down. He ain't worried about your house. You're losing your house. He ain't worried about you losing your job because you can be homeless. You can be uh, walking. And let me tell you, you can, have, you, you can have no money at all and still go to heaven. Lazarus proved that. He was a beggar, and the dogs licked his wounds. But when he uh, opened his eyes, he was in the bosom of Abraham. It said, but the rich man lifted up his eyes in hell. Let me tell you, 
You can have all kind of stuff. You can, you can hoard your stuff. You can hoard your money. You can stop. You know what, people? This pandemic has called people to break commandment after commandment after commandment. You know what, people stop paying their tithes in the pandemic? Oh, yeah. But the Bible says that'll bring a curse on you that you can't praise your way out of. I, I know I got to keep moving. Nobody don't want to hear about that. Let me tell you, you stand your ground. It's in the middle of the pandemic. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to praise. And I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be there. Let me tell you, I understand when there's sickness, we're going to be careful. That's why there ain't nobody in here today because we're being careful. Today at 4 o'clock, they're going to come and spray fog and mist all over this building to make sure there ain't no coronavirus nowhere. We can do that. But we will not stop having church and we will not stop singing in church, and we won't stop praying for people. And you say, well, then you're just going to get sick. Oh, well, isn't it great that we know the healer of all our diseases? I'm not going to be threatened by any of that stuff. We're going to have church. We're going to be smart. We're going to be wise. When we come back, we're going to space out. We're going to make sure everything's clean and sanitized, but we are going to need somebody that will stand up and say, I will be the church, and I'm not going to run I'm going to ruin the plans of the enemy. You cannot give up any of God's word and then expect to be victorious. It don't happen. I've still got the victory, not if you've given up the word. Joshua and Israel win a tremendous, greatest uh, battle in history, man. I'm telling you, uh, since Moses in the Red Sea. They walk around Jericho and God drops the walls of Jericho and, and man, the fame of Joshua and Israel just goes abroad because of what they just did there. But in the middle of that victory, God had told them, don't take any of the spoil. But Achan saw a garment and some silver and some, some things. He said, oh, I've just got to have it. So he broke the word of God did less than what God's word told him to do, and he, he took that spoil and hid it under his tent. And guess what happens to Israel the next time they go to battle? They lost. So you can't gain anything that's outside of the word of God and be better. You're only going to lose. And it cost Achan and his whole family their life. Saul, king of Israel, was told, go and destroy the Amalekites completely. Yet he kept the king alive, and God rent the kingdom from Saul. Saul lost the kingdom, and he lost his life, and his sons lost their life by the Amalekites. Because you can't do what you want to do. You've got to do what the Word of God says to do. And now they're saying, hey, it's happening. It's in the news no more singing in church in California. I'm sure other states will start trying to follow suit. No more singing. Really? Well, pastor, it's just singing. It's just singing. We'll still gather together. You can still preach. Let me tell you something. I'm preaching my lungs out right now. You know how awful it is to have to come in and preach without that choir singing behind us? I don't need a choir to preach. But I realize that singing is ordained of God. 
Praise is ordained of God. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained praise. It's a, a weapon from God. And I realize how we need it. Oh, it gets us ready for the word of God. Oh, but let me tell you, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. But I'm not giving up one jot or one tittle of this word. Let me tell you, if we give up singing, then who's going to fight your battle? We already see in the scripture where the Lord said, go out and sing and praise and I'll fight. If we, we, if we quit singing, who's going to fight our battle? How can we ever say the battle's not ours, it's the Lord's if we stop singing? And let me tell you, if we stop praising and praying out loud, then let me tell you, who's going to open the door and who's going to loose the chains? Paul and Silas would still be in jail today if they had not prayed and praised and sang unto the Lord that died. There had been no earthquake, no doors opening, no chains. We don't hear much else. We don't get no more books from Paul. Let me tell you, I feel like today we're going to start saying it more and more. As they said in the book of Acts, we ought to obey God rather than man. Oh, but you know we're supposed to be... I know about being subject unto the higher powers, but there ain't no higher power than God and there ain't no higher power than this word. And I will always defer to the word of God before I defer to the government or to man. Let me tell you, I'm, 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 don't worry. I know some of y'all are ready for me to come to an end. I'm telling you today, uh, Peter said it like this, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's making a lot of racket. He's going around, who can I get? You know who he's going to get? He's going to get them ones that's running. He's going to get the ones standing still. He ain't going to get the ones standing by faith. Because in verse 9, he said, you resist this enemy steadfast in the faith. Yeah, he's going around roaring, seeking whom he may devour, but you resist him steadfast in the faith. You don't run, you ruin his plans. You ruin what he's got planned for you. I'm not giving up what got me here. I'm going to resist, I'm going to resist, I'm going to resist in the faith. James 4 and 7 said it like this. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you can't just resist. You've got to submit. And when we start disobeying the word of God, we're out of submission to God. And that's why we are frustrated in the fight. That's why uh, we get uh, discouraged. That's why we feel like God's not with us. It's because it's not. That's why. Hey, Joshua was discouraged when they lost to Ai. He was on his face, crying, asking God, "What's going on?" And the Lord said, "Get thee up." I told you how to win that battle, but somebody there is a, a cursed thing in your camp, and I will not fight for you as long as you are disobedient to the word. 
And let me tell you, we cannot be disobedient to the word of God and expect God to fight our battles today. But when we are in submission to the word of God, let me tell you, you are in submission to God. And when we submit ourselves to God, then we can stand up, resist the devil, and he will flee. And I said it before and I'll say it again so nobody goes away from here trying to say it different. I am all for being smart. I am all for being careful. And I am all for using our brains. I will spread out. I will sanitize this building after every single service. And hey, I might even wear a mask in here. But I will not stop singing and I will not stop preaching, and I will not stop shouting, and I will not stop praying, and I will not stop being obedient to the word of God. It is time, church. Hey, it is high time to awake out of sleep and get out of this daydream that we're in and think that, hey, we're not going to have any trouble in this last day. Persecution is coming on the church and it has already begun and they're trying to shut us up and silence us. They want to stop our voice. But I think it was, might have been Brother Christopher posted, hey, the power of death and the power of life, it's in the tongue. Hey, the Bible says there is a time. Let me tell you, there's, there is a time. Hey, I know there's a time to... But I also know there's a time to lift our voice. And the Bible tells me, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Uh, it's time for you and I to stop running. And it's time to stop, start ruining the plans of the enemy. This guy, Shema, he had a great name. Ruin. He wasn't ruined. He was a mighty man. He was a mighty man of faith. He was there to ruin the plans of the enemy. But his name also means this, great alarm or dismay. When we stand on God's word and proclaim the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ, it causes great alarm and dismay in the camp of the enemy. When he saw that this man was standing there, let me tell you, it caused great dismay and great alarm. When they started realizing, hey, he's killed two, three, four, five, six, ten, twenty. Hey, people, the guy at the back of the line is starting to get a little worried now. Hey, oh, wait, he, he got, oh, he, that's one of our best fighters. That's one of our biggest guys. He's won more battles than it. And they dropping like flies. The enemy's dropping like flies. Let me tell you, the guy in the back of the line, he's getting a little worried. If they can't do nothing against him, neither can I. He has ruined our victory today. He's ruined our battle today. He's ruined my plans today. It just takes one child of God to stand up and ruin and cause alarm and dismay in the camp of the enemy. The Bible says that when we trust in God, we're like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed. When we stand on the word of God, we cannot be moved. You hear what I'm saying to you today? That we're like Mount Zion. We cannot be moved. You take a sword and go start beating on the side of Stone Mountain. 
and see if you ever win that battle. You'll die of exhaustion before you do. Let me tell you, the enemy, that's why there's no weapon formed against you and I that will prosper because we trust in the Lord and you can't beat a mountain down with a sword or with a shield or with a spear or with cancer or with laws or with government. Hello, somebody. Ain't nobody going to be able to stop the church of the living God. When we stand up, let me tell you, Jesus gave us power to ruin the plan of the enemy. And I'm coming to a close right here. I've got one more verse. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, Paul writes to the church, to the saints of God. And he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. That's the opposite of running. That's the opposite of fleeing. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, you know this, that your labor, your toil, that's what that word labor means. It's not just like a a pie-in-the-sky job. Your labor, that means anguish and toil and, and hard work. Your labor, it's not in vain in the Lord. Whatever you're going through, it's not in vain. That battle you're fighting, it's not in vain. The things God brought you through, it's not in vain. It's your testimony. But your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The enemy is counting on you to run. I'm sure when they saw, they came up through that, I just pictured in my mind, here comes the Philistines and there's Israel and and they see that crowd take off running. I'm sure at first it looked like everybody's running. And they didn't even have to draw a sword. They got to look and said, wait a second. Is that a tree stump in the middle of that field? Rubbing their eyes. Wait wait a second. It can't be. There's only one guy standing in that field. And I'm sure they're probably like, okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Let's just keep moving forward. He's going to run because look at all of us. And it looked so overwhelming. He ain't going nowhere. He's just standing there. He's just, I don't know what, what his weapon of choice was. Maybe he had a spear and he was twirling around on his fingers. Maybe he was flipping his sword like a gunfighter. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was stretching and... and uh, getting ready. I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was just standing there saying, come on. You cross this line, it's on. I don't know what Shema was doing, but I do know this. He lived up to his namesake. He ruined the plans of the enemy that day. And the enemy's counting on you and I to run because it seems like, well, it's the government. They're saying, and there's so many people saying, When have we ever thought we were going to fit in with this world? When did that deception ever slip in? We were never meant to fit in with it, and it's not going to happen now. Well, the world's so cool and hip, and they're changing it, man. They're so accepting of everybody, everybody but us. Unless 
we bow down to them. Well, pastor, I'm trying to close, I am. Well, pastor, you know, it's just, it's just these little things that don't really matter. You know what? When Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were taken captive and brought into to Babylon, the man that was over charge of them brought them food to eat. Just food. And you're in a new land, you're in a new kingdom. You know, really, Daniel, you know, everybody else is serving another God but y'all, so why don't you just blend in? They would not even eat the food that was offered. They persuaded the jailer, said, look, let's run a test. Let us eat the things that we are allowed to eat. Feed everybody else your stuff. Let's see what we look like in a few days. Well, guess what? Daniel looked better. They knew. Hey, hey, Daniel knew something long before we ever heard it in school. You are what you eat, whatever you put inside of you. And Daniel said, I'm not letting nothing. I might be in this land, and I might be under another king that don't serve my God, but I will not bow I will not, Daniel wouldn't stop praying when they passed laws to stop praying. Hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not fall down and worship under threat of the fiery furnace. Everybody else did, but not them. Somebody said, I'm going to stand and ruin. You know what? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ruined the plans of that king that day and those men that wanted them dead because they stood for God. Those men that wanted Daniel dead, when he was thrown in that den of lions, they said, yep, that's it. Until the next morning, they heard Daniel's answer out of the den of lions, O king, live forever. And then they found themselves in the bottom of the den of lions, and the lions destroyed them and ate them. Let me tell you, Daniel ruined the plan of the enemy. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ruined the plan of the enemy. Shema ruined the plan of the enemy. And Jesus of Nazareth ruined the plan of the enemy when he came out of that grave three days later. Today, you and I got the same power. Let's pray one more time today before we go. I hope that this has encouraged you. I hope, listen, church, you might as well know it that we are in the last days. You might as well know what we are in the last days and perilous times are upon us. And it doesn't mean that we're going to all be scared and crying and hiding all the time. We're going to have victory. We're going to have great peace. We're going to have joy. We're going to still see great things happen. But we are not going to run away from the word of God. Lord, we love you so much and thank you today. So thankful for what you do in our lives. Oh, my God in heaven, I praise you today that you have given us power to stand. And Lord, I pray that everyone that has heard this today realizes that we're not against being protective. We're not against safety and wellness, oh God. We're not against loving people and being kind, any of those things. But Lord, none of those things mean anything if we're not living our life for you. Lord, we've got to stand for you and for your word and for this gospel. So today, God, I pray that you'll give us strength as you did 
that man of God, Shema. I pray today that you'll give us strength to stand in the midst, defend what you've given us, and see you win a great victory, Lord. God, we claim it today by faith. We stand on the name of Jesus of Nazareth today, our Lord and Savior, our God. We plead your blood today, O God, over our church, over our family, over our people. And Lord, we stand in victory today in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. God bless each and every one of you today. Stay safe. Stay well. Be blessed. And we'll be seeing you again real soon in Jesus' name. God bless you.